Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Yet again, uh, no wheels today. This is a specific time that he picked of when he said he'd be available. And then he goes to me and he and then I find out that he's uh, recording run app at the same time. So so what a bastard. But uh, garbage. Yeah, we don't need him. We're here with Ari Gleischer to talk the Bears. Ari, we were just talking about train wrecks uh, in another sport, but I think that's a good segue for for the Bears. And uh, I need your immediate reaction to to the new Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, um brain trust here. Poles is a guy who he was also interviewing with the Vikings, and I from from what I read about him at the time in like you know the early spring, I was not interested in him, and I was sort of relieved when he went to the Bears. And now he's burning bridges with Rokon Smith, and like you know they they went out of their way it seems like to screw over Justin Fields, like you know no investment in the wide receivers, no investment in the offensive line. I don't know what the hell's going on here. So, so tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if uh, how you're feeling about polls and Eberflus. Okay. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack because right now we're still in like who they aren't, which is the old regime. Mm-hmm. And I think that I look at this as like I'll give polls a chance, and I could sort of I'll go through why a lot of what he's done has been reasonably defensible, despite the Bears looking like they're going to be awful this year. I think, um, and I don't think that he's like, I'm not sure at all if he's a good or bad GM, but at least he's doing things that are different than what the old regime was doing. What the old regime did was they did the thing that is just like so obvious that you like can't do, which is just trade up in the draft and should burn draft picks when you don't have a quarterback, which they did not have. Um, And they would trade up for positions that are just like, they trade up for a tight end. They trade up for running backs. They trade up for these like positions that you're just like, what are you doing? Like, how are you like, it's just a poor roster investment that is very top heavy. And that's how they sort of wanted to operate. It comes from sort of that saints philosophy. And there was an arrogance to like, Oh, well, we know how to draft. We know like who our guys are. And it was like pretty impressive that they could have that arrogance and also be the guys who drafted Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes Mm -hmm. in the same draft. So it was like, it was a lovely combination. So these guys were already bad. And then last year when everyone knew they were going to get fired, they went all in with their cap space. And they, they really like when uh, polls took this job over, it was like they had no cap space and they had no draft picks and really not a lot of talent on the roster. So 
I would say that what he's done so far, I was not like so thrilled, especially when it was like, even the process of getting to them was really poor. It was, um, first off, um, they have, Bears ownership has been like Virginia McCaskey. You always see her, she's like 99 and they like show, oh, she likes football. And it's like, I I don't care if she likes football. She's 99 years old and all the people in the front office are descendants of hers um, who think that they're doing a good job. Um, And then they were very excited. George McCaskey was very excited to announce that in 2022, Bill Polian was going to be the guy who's going to search for a coach and GM. And it's like, it's 2022. So the not so big secret with this organization is that when Virginia McCaskey dies, and again, she's 99 years old, so it's upcoming, they are going to sell the team to some, mm-hmm. uh, presumably some sort of like conglomerate. Yeah. Are you putting together a billion do- for 5 billion bucks? For 5 billion. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be a small, I need the Jay-Z uh, ownership thing. Uh, but I think it's going to be one of those like big conglomerates. They're going to move the team to Arlington Heights, which is already like getting set up. And, and all of those sort of those guys are going to be gone, which thank God. Uh, but until then they made this search. Nobody has any faith in the front office at all to like conduct the search, but what pulse has done so far, you know, is it's not like rocket science, but at least it's not, he had made it worse, which is they've cleared the books for next year. They are going to come in with a lot of cap space next year. They've traded a lot of people. They traded a lot of their guys. They traded, uh, you know, anyone who had a big contract in that on that defense um, has been traded or will be traded. Um, so they're going to come in next year with a lot of cap space. Um, they traded down in the draft instead of trading up, which was important. They had an interesting thing where instead of like, they need an offensive line. um, And instead of drafting an offensive lineman in like the second round, when they had a couple second round picks, they didn't. But what they did is they traded, basically they took a third round pick and a fourth round pick and traded them for like five, six round pick through a variety of trades. And then they drafted a million um, offensive linemen in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. And I guess the thought is like, well, maybe one or two of them end up being like valuable players down the road. Um, And I think that what they've done this year is they're trying to build out their depth because they have absolutely no depth. Um, At the same time, this year's team is going to be bad. Like they just don't, their wide receiver situation of all the things. And I think that that's what um, a lot of the big concerns are for fields. It's just that he does not have a wide receiver. Um, Bears fans are Super excited about uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, he's probably good. It's like, it's hard to tell. Like he had a good season. Um, he can be a deep threat. Um, but is he actually like a real wide receiver? Like on a real team, is he like a number one? Obviously not. Is he really a number two on like a good team? Also probably not. Is he like a solid number three? Probably. He's our Far and away our number one wide receiver. Um, so not great for the second year quarterback um, to try to give him no wide receivers. On the plus side, um, I speak for myself, but I think I speak for all Bears fans where we are really excited about Justin Fields in general. And I think that he's in a situation with Bears fans where it's going to be hard 
for him to do any wrong in our eyes this year, because anything that happens, that's like poor with him. We could at least excuse upon the fact that he has actually no receiving targets to throw to. Um, and this team sucks. Um, and so this year is about trying to establish some depth. Maybe some of the draft picks they had actually turn out. Okay. And next year we're going to have a ton of cap space and we will actually have draft picks, which is a change from the previous regime. So yeah, that's how I can talk myself into it, but I'm not even talking myself into this year. I'm really talking myself into the possibility that next year there's something there. But um, I mean, the problem with that is that the best case scenario of waste, like if you guys were going in and saying, okay, we're clearing everything. We're starting over from scratch 2023. We're going to be the top of the draft picking a quarterback. That's one thing. But you just took one. So so the best case scenario is that you will have wasted two years. And like, that's the part that's totally mystifying to me. Like you have a first round QB and, and granted, I, you know, I was on record from the beginning. I was saying I was out on fields before the draft. I thought he was terrible. Um, you know, sometimes I'm right. I was in on Lamar Jackson from the beginning. Sometimes I'm wrong. I was in on Josh Rosen from the beginning. So, you know, I'm, I'm, de- I'm definitely, a, you know, I don't have the highest batting average, but like, yeah, if, the Bears obviously believe him. That's why they took him. And like the the game plan in the NFL in these circumstances is well established. You invest in wide receivers, an offensive line, and you get like a young quarterback friendly coach. And the Bears have gone mm-hmm. the opposite direction in every single respect. Like they took literally one offensive player in the first five rounds of the draft. They signed zero offensive free agents of note. By the way, the one guy they took, they took a 25-year-old gadget receiver in the third round. Yeah, yeah. It's always good when the receiver is, you know, like you're looking, you're expecting like 20, 21, and it's like eh, 24, 25. Um, you know, it's a problem. Yes. Why, why do they it's hate Justin Fields? Great. I just don't understand. Like their big free agent acquisitions at wide receiver are Byron Pringle and Equanimous St. Brown. They gave up, they gave think... up a league worst 58 sacks last year. The most sacks in the league. And they yeah. let starting go- left guard James Daniels. What is the- they lost the entire left side of the starting lineup without any reasonable replacement. Now those guys weren't good. Again, like they gave up the most sacks in the league, but like they're going to be worse this year. And I, I just, I they're going to be bad. Understand. Yeah, it's the part to not understand though is like the problem is what they didn't do the year before, which is that you need to clean house the year before. The problem was they let these they let their GM and coach stay with one year contracts when they were obviously getting fired the next year. And so everything was a mess from the mistakes from the year before. So then let this me ask is the you correction this. from those mistakes. If Ryan yeah. Poles had truth serum injected, is he happy with Justin Fields or would he rather have been able to draft his own guy? I mean, I think, well, Bear fans, we were not, all right, I know that there are some like people, I think that nationally people think that Bears fans were in on Trubisky. We were like not really. By the third week, it was like, oh, this guy's bad. Uh, year two, fans, year two uh, I feel like I, Bears fans were pretty hyped. And he was he was good in year two, to be fair. He was not. He he had it. He had, he a had few, limitations, there, but yeah. But within the system, that it he had, was he had he had moments like he had like a perfect game against the Bucs. Um, but like when a real team faced him, it was like pretty clear that he was yeah. a problem. And it was at the same time that like we were watching Mahomes oh, and Watson was yeah. like, OK, but um uh, the, the big difference is that Bear fans are in on the quarterback. And I think that we assume that the front office is in on the quarterback. If I think, I think that you don't take this job if you're not in on the quarterback. Um, I just, yeah, I, mean, I just, to I be fair, polls took the job. If I recall correctly, he accepted the job before even waiting on an offer from Minnesota. Now, maybe he thought one wasn't coming, but it seemed like at the time that he was saying that he preferred the Bears job, which 
you if you know you have to assume that the quarterback has parts you know is is part of the reason for that. I, I think that you have to assume that he believes in the like I would assume if he doesn't believe in the quarterback, then he's obviously a bad GM because he's already made a terrible personal decision. Like you can't trust him to make personnel decisions for other people if he can't exactly. make a good life decision. Exactly. So you have to, if you're a GM, you have to, especially if you have other opportunities. It doesn't mean that he was getting the Minnesota shot, but it's like you have to understand that you get one, sh- you have to assume that you get one shot at being a GM. But isn't there and, also a risk here that, like, you know, if there's a new ownership within the next two to three years, they might want a clean house anyway. So that's, a, you know, maybe he didn't make a great life decision. That's the know. type of, I okay, so even playing that out, I don't think that you play out the ownership dying at that point because that ownership sale is going to be some time. And by that point, like, by the time that you get through it, it's we're going to go through the four years of being a GM. And, like, you'll have an idea. Like, his ultimate legacy is going to be tied to fields unless fields is so bad next year that it's so obvious he can't be the quarterback but how I don't but as you already said like he he has no chance of success his number one wide receiver Allen Robinson gone his you know the, his starting li- offensive line gone no reasonable replacements you know how is he not going to be how is he not going to be bad this year whether it's uh, his fault or I, not how are you gonna be able to judge him well I think that that's so that's really what comes up so here are, here are the I think that he's going to look more like a rookie quarterback this year than a second year quarterback. And I think that that's because of the way that this organization plotted things out in the past. I don't think that it's really, I don't, they have so many holes that you're going to have to fill up anyway to make a championship roster. If that's or a contending roster that it doesn't matter if you treat, we wasted a year, like the wasting of a year is a past tense event. It's being reflected this season because for instance, let's go back to Trubisky. One of the things that the Bears did do well with that I that I did agree with the last regime was you go all in when you've got the quarterback on the rookie scale contract. In the year two of Trubisky, without knowing if he was good, you have they assumed they said, okay, we picked this guy two in the in the draft, number one quarterback. He we've got to go all in while he's a rookie and assume he's going to be great. And they did that. Um, they did that in year two. That's when they made the trade for Mac. And I, I agreed with those moves. Um, and it turns out Trubisky was bad. And then the whole house of cards falls. This time they're going to lose a year. They, they, that was a decision that was made when they decided to keep, um, keep pace around, which they, it made no sense to keep pace around in 2021. It was a terrible decision. We're suffering that now. That's reflected this year. This year is basically a year zero again, um, which is terrible. But I think the Bear fans are going into it um, knowing that this is a year zero. I think that from our perspective, we're not expecting anything of fields outside of some moments. We want to see some moments. Um, We got a few of them last year. Uh, the Pittsburgh game on Monday night where he came back and, and made, threw some, some like really good balls in the fourth quarter. Um, he had a beautiful scramble against the Niners, got a touchdown. I think, I think that Bear fans want to see moments um, from fields. And then if we see any moments from fields, if we see any competency from any other draft picks this year, I think that all Bear fans will be pretty okay with how the season went. And then I think my assumption is, the all-in is next year. I think that that's how they're going to play this. If they don't and they just go all-in on the defense next year, that doesn't make sense. But the assumption is 
Um, with Allen Robinson, and Allen Robinson really was, I, I after watching him with the Bears for the last couple of years, you really get an appreciation for how good he was as a wide receiver and probably how good he will be this year. Um, for reasons that I don't think it's like Nagy's fault or anything like that, but Fields didn't really ever have a connection with him. Um, he was much more connected to Komet, uh, the tight end, and uh and Mooney. Um those were clearly the two guys who um there was clearly some level of connection with. And Mooney had over a thousand yards receiving. I know it's a 17 game season, but it really was based a lot off of his connection with Fields. Um and it never seemed to click with Allen Robinson. So I don't think that's going to be as much of a loss for him uh in competency. I think the problem is they didn't make it better. And you look at it, it's like Aquinas St. Brown and Pringle are their two and three receivers. You're like, well, this team, yeah, I don't know. Those guys couldn't succeed with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers throwing to them. Yeah. So, yeah. So naturally it's what those guys are. And if you look at what um, the Bears did sort of uh, what they went for with wide receivers, which is even more, you know, eye-opening, but at least it's a plan is those guys are good run blockers. And I think they went with, like, if we're not going to have good wideouts, we're going to have good wideouts who can block. And at the very least, maybe they'll run more. Like, one of the things that was crazy last year, and Nagy is supposed to be this, like, offensive guru, and he never rolled out fields. He never, like, it it, it Well, he seemed embittered. It seemed like he was trying to screw fields on purpose. I know. Watching it, it looked like he was actively trying to screw fields. But it's like, I know in my head, he couldn't have been because that doesn't help him long-term for his life. Yeah. Like, he can't. Especially when you saw Doug Peterson, a a coach with much more security, had just won a a Super Bowl ring, and and even he got fired for basically doing that. Yeah. So he knew he was getting fired. So it's like, this should be a trial for your next job. Yeah. And he, that team looked unprepared for other games. So just not having Nagy and what seemed like bitterness at the very least, it was stubbornness. Now that that's off the table, that at least, like, there were two or three games last year. There was one against the Browns. There was one against Tampa. Anytime there was a, uh, just a, pa- a team that could have a pass rush, it didn't look like Fields was unprepared. It looked like the team was unprepared. It wasn't like, wow. Like, yeah. do you remember when, remember when Manziel would game. go out there? That's everybody's look, fault. Yeah. Remember when Manziel would go out there and it was like, well, it just looks like the QB is unprepared. Yeah. This was not that. This was like, wow. It looks like they just had no idea that they're playing a football game like this week, like as an organization. Um, so it's, I think that the expectations like for Bears fans are very low for this year. But then I was looking at the schedule and it's like, let's say you could, you could make the case. I think this team's going to be bad. Um, you could make the case that maybe they actually have a plan of like running more spread ish looking offense. Um, using fields as a runner more often this year um, and just playing crappy teams and being like sort of like in the mix because there's an extra playoff spot. You can make that compelling case, say they can win seven or eight games. Um, I don't think that even is in their best interest. I think the only things that matter this year is about can they, can, can fields feel like the guy, can we feel like, okay, fields, just didn't have anything around him this year, but he showed enough that we are pretty confident that he's going to be the quarterback we've been waiting for. 
Um, well, okay. So let's transition to talk about Eberflus now. Like if you had to rate from one to 10, how confident are you? Well, I mean, it's like an NA. It's like, I just, sure. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not holding you. Yeah. I just coach. have no confidence. I just have no confidence in the people who pick these guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really confident that he's any. Um, and what about just the idea in general of taking a defensive minded guy when you have fields and you need to develop? Yeah. Right? It makes no sense. It, it's wild to me. Um, All right. Well then let's the talk about so the I new take, offensive, the, the new um, offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. He's been the QB coach I in Green like Bay it. the last three years. How much credit are we giving him for Rogers sort of turning his career around the last couple of years? Like how much of Matt LaFleur does Getsy have in him basically? The question really is, it, it's hard to say. What I liked about what they did is that they, you know, in the past when you watch Green Bay, and I, I'm not looking at any of Green Bay's numbers, so this is just me really just guessing. But it did, it has felt since LaFleur got there that, their record has looked better than their offense. Like they haven't looked like the juggernaut of the past. Um, so whatever it is that they've been doing is, is obviously working, but they have Aaron Rodgers. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's hard to give him a real grade. It does feel like at least that I would be furious about the fact that they didn't go for an offensive guy if Nagy wasn't an offensive guy. But I think that it's just like we're all sort of traumatized by the Nagy experience. So you have to zag. Um, yeah, it's not even just about zagging. It's that what we saw with Nagy was he was great year one. And then you saw the stubbornness and you saw what happens when you have an offensive guy who's just gets so locked into this is what I do um, that they can never adjust. And we saw that last year with Fields to the fact that it looked like he was sabotaging his quarterback. And so when you're so bought into your own system, and even if it wasn't, I mean, it's a disciple of Andy Reid, but it's like when you're so bought into your own system, you, you miss things. You know what it's like? It's like, uh, it's like the Malcolm Gladwell book where they talk about how like when there are all these accidents, when there are all these flight crashes, it's almost always when the captain is driving the ship or flying the plane. And it's not when like uh, the co-pilot is flying because nobody's going to tell the captain that he's wrong. The captain is just going to be more yeah. adamant about making bad Same choices. Thing with studies in hospitals, like the worst outcome is when yeah. the most senior people are there. And when there's conferences, like there's been studies that show when there's conferences in specific disciplines and like all like the cardiologists, like the top cardiologists are in San Diego at a conference, the outcomes in the hospitals are better because a lot of the, the younger people and the fellows and, you know, the, the residents, they might actually be closer to the latest research and sort of the latest practices more so than the guy who's been sitting in the corner office for 30 years. Exactly. So basically the idea is that if Getsy is good, and this is the problem when you have an off of the guy, if Getsy's good, he's a coach somewhere next year, like if, or maybe not yeah. next year, but in two years, like well, I know. There's, there's two something either, either Getsy will be a, a head coach in 2025, 26, or he'll be unemployed. There's only two. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, he'll be a QB coach in like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, but he won't be, like he yeah. won't be, he'll, Bears, he'll take a he lesser won't be the Bears job. offensive coordinator four years from now. Yeah, exactly. No He's what. either a head coach or, or somewhere else yeah. in a worse job. He's not even going to be an offensive coordinator. He's going to be a head coach or he's going to be a QB coach and yeah. no in between. Um, and that's what happens. But then it's almost better because then we're looking for offensive coordinators that revolve around fields versus finding a coach, finding, making sure that fields, will work within this system. And Fields is still like more of an unknown commodity um, than maybe your average, even second year QB. Um, 
But I think that because of our experience with Nagy, I'm less upset about it than I would have been. I think it's crazy. I think that it's like an insane thing to do. And I don't think that, I think that it comes down to the bigger thing with this Bears organization, which is like, we talked about the, the short term, which is that this year, this team is, has a horrific roster. We talk about the medium term, which is getting cap space and draft picks so that you can build a reasonable roster around this Justin Fields era. And then the long term, which is like 10 years from now, which is a very, like what looks like a totally different organization. We have a different ownership. The team is playing in a dome in Arlington Heights in the suburbs, which by the way, everyone, like no one seems to mind as Bears fans. We're all like, yeah, Maybe the team shouldn't just be clogging up downtown traffic. Like it's eight games a year, maybe nine. Like let's go put them in the suburbs and let's get a Super Bowl. And then, you know, like I, I, I do think that this, and it's, you know, it's a, a front office and isn't just a bunch of McCaskies. Um, and that to me is like where this organization is headed. And it's just so weird that that's happening at a time when we, I mean, I think nationally fields is not as, um, I think nationally people aren't excited about fields the way Bears fans are. I think the Bears fans are really excited about fields. Um, And he's probably the bridge to that era. But like, when we really talk about like where the bears are headed, it's like really like this ship, like maybe if Justin Fields is great, then maybe something will happen in this era, but really we're waiting for this organization to just be sold and move. And that's, you know, a decade out. (laughs) <laughs> that's so it's fun it's a fun time as a bear fan yeah um, if you're in a traditional fantasy football league david montgomery and darnell mooney are those the only bears who get drafted well there's like the thing Cole about the bears Matt. is like you have i would say um i think those are the guys i think uh you're drafting mooney i think you're drafting mooney i think you're you're if you're okay so traditional you're not drafting fields you're probably picking them up um I would say as a sleeper, um, this Ebner guy, uh, try, I want to make sure I got his first name right. Tristan Ebner. He's a, the reason why I like him as a sleeper. First off, it's just like running backs, uh, you know, break their legs all the time. So it's good to have a backup. He's a rookie, but he's like a pass catching sort of like speed third down guy. And if you look at the bears and you're like, well, they don't have wideouts and they may not have an offensive line either. So what options does that leave for fields? It's like, well, he's going to be running for his life and he's going to be like, just, you know, dumping off to commit and, and Ebner and trying to have make magic happen. And isn't Vilas um, Jones supposed to be sort of that kind of guy also like a gadget. Guy? Yeah. But I, I, he's like a guy who runs a straight line. Mm, um, not ideal. And he, yeah, which is not ideal if you don't have the time to block. Um, and it's also like a little bit of redundancy with Mooney. Mm. Um, I think that Mooney like I just, just because people have to catch the ball, it's like, he might not be that good of a wideout, but it's like, he's going to catch the ball. The interesting thing about Cole Komet who showed flashes last year, but again, it's second year, you would want him to be showing more than flashes second year. Um, is that he showed flashes and caught zero touchdown passes, which is weird for a tight end who shows flashes. Um, but that might say more about Nagy than, uh, than, um, Commit to be honest, because it's like, why are you not just going to the tight end in the end zone? Um, Let's talk about the defense for know. a second. So you talked about how you know trading off any veterans they could. Uh, Khalil Mack gone, obviously. 
But Robert Quinn yeah. coming off a career year with 18 and a half sacks, they haven't traded him for future value. I mean, do you think that they might still trade him or, you know, I don't think he's on the roster opening day. And if okay. he is, then I think if he is, then honestly, that's a, you know, that's a strike against the organization. Yeah, I don't know how he'll be retired by the time the bears make. Like, plans. yeah. By the time we're actually anything like this, like this was the time to trade him. I think they've been trying. There was a lot of rumors they were trying to trade him. Um, so I expect him to not be on the roster. They have, uh, they're, they're, uh, you know, they still are, um, I do like uh, Gibson as their other defensive end. I think he's pretty solid. Um, he showed, I mean, Khalil Mack was injured a lot of the last couple of seasons. And so Gibson has had a lot of opportunities. He looked very good. Um, Roquan, Roquan is one of these things where it's like, I would like to see him stay. Um, I understand why you wouldn't, if you can get any value for him, because of just like, now we know which positions, like at this stage, we know which positions are worth what, and he's a linebacker, and linebackers aren't worth as much unless you're a super duper star. He is very good. Um, he's in that very good to great area. Um, and watching him, you know, week in, week out until you get sick of watching the Bears, he's pretty solid and he's everywhere and he's all over the field. And it's like, I would like him to stay. As a Bear fan, I'm used to watching great linebackers. I like watching great linebackers. You can appreciate it. I would like him to stay. I think they might make it work. Um, but I understand, given that he's a linebacker and you want to preserve as much cap space as possible, that like maybe that's not where you want to commit all of your resources. Um, so that part makes sense. I do think they keep him. I think that they find a way, they find a, a deal that makes sense. He doesn't, he's not Darius Leonard. He shouldn't get Darius Leonard money. Um, and I know that how it works with the cap going up every year, that that is not always the same thing, but at the same time, he's not at that level. He's probably a level below that. Um, he's just not as impactful. I think when you look at this defense, the thing that excites people, um, is their secondary has some potential. Um, and a lot of that is based on the fact that people are really into that. They took, uh, they had two second rounders. They took two secondary guys. They got a, uh, brisker. The, the cornerback, the brisker, yeah, the brisker yeah. rub, um, <laughs> over in the as the uh, the other safety, uh, Kyler Gordon, uh, as our second quarter, and Jalen Johnson has been very good. He's uh, he's he's actually like seems pretty underrated, um, as a corner. He's been very good for a while. Um, the one issue is that <laughs> I saw this. So Eddie Jackson started his career out with like five touchdowns in two years. Yeah, I remember. Um, the year they went 13 and three or whatever. And, well, we went, yeah, we went 12 and four the first year. And then the second year, uh, or no, the first year we weren't 12 and four. First year was uh, um, the year before, but he still had two pick sixes or fumbles. And he had, he had between the two years, he just had, he had five touchdowns, like a really good playmaker. Last year, there was a clip of him before the season, hyping up the D talking about, don't worry about tackling, just go for the ball. And <laughs> friends and I were all watching this and being like, uh-oh. And he played last season with that in mind. I like he he's I don't I don't have any stats to back this up, but he was the worst tackler I have seen in many years in the NFL. Just literally just going for fumbles the entire time. And if that doesn't change, uh, it's going to be a problem still. Um, he is the weak link on the team, but he still, you know, he still can be a playmaker. Um, if they're not rushing the quarterback the way that they can, like when you don't have you know, 2018 Khalil Mack, you know, that impacts your ability to make plays. So 
Yeah, the the big offseason attempted free agent move was Larry Ogajobi. They signed him to a three or $40 million deal, and then they voided it when he failed a physical. He ended up signing with Pittsburgh for one year, okay. $8 million, and the Bears went with Justin Jones as like a replacement DT. Yeah. Uh, Ogunjobi's getting great reports out of Steelers camp right now for whatever that's worth. Yeah, you know, it's not worth anything, but <laughs> yeah, I do. Of course, yeah. what, it, what it is worth is that the Bears tried to sign him, and then Pittsburgh did sign him. And I tend to have more faith in that organization yeah. than I do That's the Bears, um, which is, you know, I don't think that applies to their quarterback, um, but I do think that that applies to any. To any What's any your feelings? On, will you root for Mitch in, in Pittsburgh or will you root against them or do you have zero care? I, you know, it's, I have nothing for against Trubisky. It's not his fault. He was taken second overall. Like he's, he, he showed what he showed. He was never really that special. Nobody was ever that excited about him except for the Bears. And then <laughs> it's like, that is his fault that the management was like so coy. They were like, ooh, we're going to hide that we're actually interviewing with Trubisky. And it's like, nobody even wanted him. I will say my one thing that I get mad about with Trubisky. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.